Welcome everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost story Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is Vanessa Hogel, my co-hostess. And down in the chat room, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, shaking everything's up, everything up. <laughs> All those things. <laughs> so we have a fantastic show up tonight. Uh, Jay Marie Yates, Paranormal Investigators, are back with us. We had them on back, I think it was September? August-ish? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, talking extreme haunts. Tonight we're going to get into some other hauntings. We'll, just, we'll go down the rabbit hole with them. So um, prior to the show, we were talking a lot about Vulture City because they're doing a lot of work out there. Um, they have an event coming up this weekend. And then I I know Vanessa's going to be out there in the fall. So we're going to talk a lot about this, uh, this ghost town, this historic city, the hauntings there, and their other adventures that they have going on. So, Jay Marie, welcome back. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Awesome being back. Yeah, absolutely. We enjoy this. So I, I really just want to say, guys, just continue the conversation because you you guys were like on a roll there for 10 minutes. And I'm like, hey, um, um, you guys are going to repeat this for the show, right? Because it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Reader's Digest condensed version. Vanessa read shit. They confirmed it. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So well, let's let's <laughs> let's start with okay. Let's start with Vulture City. What what is Vulture City? Where is it? All that great stuff, and why is it haunted? Uh, Vulture City is located about I'd say 15, 20 minutes outside of Wickenburg, Arizona. It's an old uh, Wild West ghost town, and it's uh, it's situated in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Um, it's uh, been a place that we've been investigating now for probably well over a year and a half now. Or yeah. So it's uh, it's a beautiful spot. Um, I think they're showing pictures of it right now. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's it's definitely been uh, restored from pretty much floor yes. up. So you're talking about over a that's dozen. That's what a building used to look like. Don't yeah. look like that anymore. No, completely restored. Um, over 12 um, buildings, fully restored, ground up. Um, and these are like pretty huge, magnificent restorations that they've done with the buildings across. Uh, it includes uh, a brothel, a doctor's office, a cookhouse, Wells Fargo building, a museum, a gas station, a pump house, a garage, a blacksmith, a Henry's uh, house, Henry Wickenberg's house, who was significant to the growth of the town, um, a bunkhouse, a church house, a workshop. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, it's over 15 acres. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just kind of like a gem that's been out there for a while. It was uh, under different management for a while. It was featured on Ghost Adventures like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something. Um, when it was in complete disarray. And now it's completely been restored. Um, the owners have gone to great lengths to make it look what it looks like now. Um, but it's been, it's been a pretty awesome ride out there um, being able to investigate it. Probably like at least two to three times a month for the past year and a half. So one location you know that you could go to, and most paranormal investigators know when you go out there, there's a probably a very highly chance you're not going to catch anything, get right. any evidence, no nothing. You're just going to watch the paint dry. But at Vulture City, every time you go out there, something happens. Um, and if you do have abilities, uh, like Jay and I ourselves have, I mean, you just feel it. I mean, as soon as you walk through, I mean, the town. And the cool thing about investigating a ghost town is, like, there's over 12 different buildings. So if the brothel isn't popping that night, you go over to the Asse office. If the Asse isn't, you go to the cookhouse. So you're going to you're gonna come across something while you're out there. And there's a cemetery. There's like, a cemetery right now, you know, yeah. right, hop, skip, and jump away from it. But um, we do a, a Paracon out there once a year. This is the second year that we've had it coming up this October. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it grew like, uh, amazingly out of nothing. I mean, last year, I think we had estimated over 300 people show up for a first year Paracon, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. We're anticipating doubling those numbers this year. Um, we are, vendors are almost completely full going into February. It's pretty yeah. awesome. So, um, I don't know, we have like 20 something speakers, um, 10 different workshops. We have gallery readings. We have, we have a UFO um, sky watch on Sunday night for those who are going to stick around through Sunday. There's a lot of weird unexplained stuff happening in the sky around there. Um, we're doing um, a, a daytime ghost hunt. Marie and I are hosting that on Friday night before the event. Friday during the day, not night. Cool. <laughs> during the day, yeah. Doing a daytime investigation <laughs> at night. There we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But that's but that's a great idea. That is something I think I want to say we discussed this before, but it always bears touching on again. 
some of the absolute best evidence I've ever gotten has been in broad daylight. Everybody assumes it has to be at night. And that is so tired. That is so tired. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I I talked about this the other day, the best EVP I've ever gotten in my life. I was in my minivan at lunch at work talking on WhatsApp, caught an EVP. See, that's awesome. Perfect EVP at work in my minivan. (laughs) Okay. So you you don't have to start your investigation at three in the morning. (laughs) Fuck no. (laughs) Matter matter of fact, I'm getting tired. So no, it's best not to do that. Okay. (laughs) But now I have, I have to ask you though. um, You mentioned two places on that property. Mm-hmm. One that I have no idea how you pronounced it, but you said it before. Uh, well, okay, the, the, you said the brothel, the um, the cookhouse. There was another one you mentioned. It's it sounded like that might that might be it. That one um, that that has a really 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 strange vibe to it. It's weird because oh, yeah. I feel I feel things coming around my ankles and actually wanting to crawl up, and I and that's oh, yeah. really bizarre to me. Um, and the other one is that that Wickenburg dude, his house. Yeah, that's where the hanging tree is, right up front of it. Yeah, I'm not liking it. <laughs> yeah, it's ironic that you said the Asse something creeping up on your ankles because right across from the Asse office is what they call the glory hole, where seven men were buried alive in the mine. So those people would be under your feet, um, so right near that- to the Asse office. Yeah, the place that we were talking about before the show. Started. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Pretty good. Uh, we have a couple questions right off the bat here. This one's from Shauna. Uh, do the, do you guys notice that there's more residual energy or intelligent energy there? Uh, it, it's it's kind of mixed there, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, we get a lot of residual stuff, um, and we get a lot of intelligent stuff. It just depends on the day and what location we're investigating. Um, I think pretty much every bit of the town has both. I mean, really. I don't yeah. know that there's just one spot that's specifically only intelligent or only residual. Um, we do definitely have residual throughout and intelligent, just, you know, Oh yeah. If you have abilities, you could go and sit and just stand in the middle of the town in between all the buildings and you'll feel everybody just walking and just walking like their normal day. Um, that's how I feel it. I I remember the first time we went out there, there was three of us out there and are like, Oh, this is gonna be awesome. All this location. And we're all by ourselves, and I'm like, we're not by ourselves. You know, I mean, you definitely know you're not by yeah. yourself, like so. when you're out there by yourself. I mean, well, it, it's, it's it sounds like a pretty sizable town. You talked about a lot of the different buildings, and it sounds like there's plenty of activity um, at the the height of its, um, I guess, the height of its glory <laughs> when it was actually an operational <laughs> town. <laughs> um, how big was it? How many people were living there? There was approximately 5,000 people. Some numbers say a little bit lower. Um, But these are pretty much like shanty, like small miners' huts. So they were, some of them were only about like eight by fours. You know, they were like jail cell size, shack size houses because these people would pick up and move to the next town for the next wave of gold in the next town that they heard of. So um, you see in the older pictures, you see small little shanties throughout the town. So it wasn't like there was a ton of like deep roots where people had beautiful- well, it, it, parts of it did. I mean, it yeah. got so big. There was two schoolhouses located just in this area because there were so many kids there. So they had to have two schoolhouses. Um, there's uh, two hotels. I will honestly say one of the hotels is actually picked up and was taken into downtown Wickenburg. So oh, you wow. can actually go there. A lot of the buildings are in the downtown part of Wickenburg used to actually be in Fulcher city. So, wow. um, including yeah. a large two story hotel. Yeah, it was like that was a, it's an antique store now. Um, but it was actually a hotel that was in Vulture City. Have you been there to see if there was any residual or intelligent hauntings in that building? Um, the building's active. That's in what can yeah. I'm an, I'm an antique shopper, so I've been in there multiple times. But some Have, of the people in Wurkenberg don't. <laughs> They're not too fancy on the ghost stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, if you could point a camera at night where you'd have clear vision to the room that faces the street on the upstairs left side, Mm -hmm. that would be pretty stinking cool. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty stinking cool. There is, well, yeah. 
well, it's how she made it now with all the antiques and stuff. But yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. And there's that weird little window facing the, the road. Yeah, the road. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I just now realized that. I was up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All the hotel rooms now are like uh, themed antique rooms. Yeah. 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 You can't that really one, move in there. It's so small. Yeah. Yeah. That one has the most activity. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Hopefully we'll get in there soon. <laughs> well, do they let, they let you go up and look? Oh, yeah. We're allowed to walk around. It's just that uh, in certain parts of the town, um, it's ultra conservative, you know. So us coming out there has been an adjustment, I think, for a lot of people. So um, us kind of being there a lot and us running these ghost hunts year round out of Ultra City and doing tours out of Ultra City and us doing all these lectures and stuff out there. Um, the townspeople actually came to one of our lectures yeah. and there was, uh, it was pretty well received. So that was good. So, but it's just, it's little baby steps to kind of make the town understand that like, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. It's bringing a lot of like generating a lot of revenue to small businesses inside of Wickenburg. So I think they're really starting to see the bigger picture um, is that sometimes people pass through Wickenburg to shoot straight up to Las Vegas um, and don't even stop to even look around. And now people are starting to go there, look around a little bit. I think they're realizing what, what we have brought to Vulture City is bringing a lot of business to Wickenburg as well. So, um, well, plus Wickenburg, yeah, Wickenburg's a big rodeo town. Yeah. So it's huge on that kind of stuff. Um, so I will honestly say, I mean, it's that whole judgmental stuff that's happened. Um, but you know what? It's called teaching, mm-hmm. and that's what Jay and I are here for to try to tell them like we're not nothing bad. Well, I, I just plan on going into town and maybe doing a little antique shopping. There you go. You know, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, knowing you, what's going to happen is you're going to get to that town. You're going to step out of the car and just run. <laughs> true story. True story. We all know that is my MO because they just take me. But it, it's true. Yeah. Shit, Marie. I forgot to warn you. <laughs> that does happen to, to Vanessa. You? Yep. Yeah, you may have to yeah. chase her down. Yeah, only if I'm going someplace dangerous. Otherwise, just follow and film. That's what Gwen learned to do. Bless her, because <laughs> yeah, it just I, that when they take over, I'm I'm a short little chubby chick. I can't run like that, and I will take <laughs> off. I will take off like Jackie Joanna Kersey. <laughs> I, I, I was leaping over headstones in Hollywood Cemetery <laughs> in Virginia. Yeah. I will say, I when I go, when we walk through Wickerburg, everybody, I, I can't say, I mean, Wickerburg's been a very blessing town, I will say. And every, I mean, there's a lot of people that are very welcoming. Um, and especially, I mean, recently, I mean, more people are like, um, Opening their arms open every, yeah. I mean, they have their own little ghost walk that they do. The some someone in town does like a ghost walk through Wickenburg. Yeah, I just don't think that they were used to all of a sudden every other weekend something going on ghost related, where you know dozens of people were coming through their town yeah. or inviting them into their own properties and buildings. I mean, they're just warming up to everything, but I mean, they're very going. But I will say, when we go to Wickenburg. Jay has to chase me because I go around and I go around and I'm like, I'm filling it, I'm filling it. Yeah, so there's a lot of good little spots where you're filling stuff. So. Oh, yeah, it's totally active. Oh, yeah. Sure. So maybe Jay needs to chase us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so a lot of people down in the chat are saying Vulture City is a cool name. Are, are the origins just in there were a lot of vultures nearby? Or? <laughs> that's <laughs> a funny story. That's like uh, one of those stories that's been redone multiple times. So there's a lot of weird um, reasons why it was called Vulture, supposedly. Um, the one legend that's really stuck was that Henry Wickenburg himself was walking through the desert and he saw a vulture perched up on like a outcropping in the, in the ground. Um, and he saw a vein of gold um, right below it. So then thus coming the name Vulture City. Um, but there's been all kinds of weird things and stuff. And like, but I will or, honestly say you don't see vultures. In I've vultures. never, seen a vulture. I've never okay. seen a vulture in now come to Buckeye. I see vultures all the time. Where we live, yeah. yeah, where we live. Um, it's like what, 20 minutes away, but yeah. there, I don't see vultures in vulture city. <laughs> <laughs> that's, kind that. of, that's kind of funny though. Yeah. yeah. You would see yeah. them where you are, but they tend to not be around there. I, I would, that, that's a little that actually kind of is creepy to me 
Why would they avoid it? I've never seen one. And we spent, I mean, I can't even tell you how many days. It could be because it's an act of mine now, to be honest with you. Across the way of Vulture City is the act of mine. It's still, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, so it could make. They, I mean, Vulture, I don't know, to be honest. Well, I it doesn't don't. stop the mountain lions. And it yeah, they stop don't the stop box. mountain lions. And the exactly. So and, there is still and, some active yeah. mining going on there. Yeah, actually, uh, it's doing quite well with the mine. Uh, the only reason why Vulture City's mine was shut down was due to World War II efforts, like, you know, like efforts that shifted during the war. So they had to shut down for production for World War II. Otherwise, it would have continued on as an active gold mine um, mm-hmm. all the way through the 40s on up. So it just it never really caught back on afterwards, yeah. after the war. Um, and it just slowly, everyone moved out. Everyone had started to leave by then. Um, but it was like one of the most active mines in the United States at one point in time. Um, and, and there's some numbers that are coming out now that would suggest that it's doing quite well um, currently. But, I mean, how long will that last? Who knows? You know. Wow. Hopefully for people that own it, probably for a long time. But, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Tom McNicholas was wondering, does the desert emit EMF? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, by sun, by day, I mean, heating up the ground. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know. Well, I will honestly say, um, when we go, I mean, Jay and I do hiking hikes and stuff like that. And we've actually taken some of our equipment sometimes. I mean, we well, have gotten, we've got some weird readings and stuff, but I mean, are we dealing with ghosts? Are we dealing with like, we're crossing. Yeah. So, somewhere? I mean, I couldn't right. honestly answer if it's the desert. It's so kind of hard to have a controlled experiment like, I, out there. But... I guess you would have to totally do some research. Uh, we've never done that. I, honestly, very good question though. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Robert Hanna was wondering, are the UFO reports uh, or do the UFO reports happen as much as the ghost settings at uh, Vulture City? Funny story, we, we just, our last, our last ghost uh, tour we did, um, we were just finishing up the tour and we were uh, walking everyone back to the actual parking area. And uh, we thought what we saw was a shooting star, but it slowed down almost to a complete stop and it shot straight up. Um, wow. What I know of gravity is things come down, they don't go up. Um, the way it looked, I mean, it, it did look abnormal. Um, there was, I know a, it was like 30 plus people was watching this. All, and we were like, it, it made me feel good that they saw it because probably about two months before that, there was a team that had booked out the location. I was there for the evening. Um, and uh, myself and my son had an experience to where uh, I looked up and I only I can describe it. it. It sounds stupid, but like it looked like the freaking Millennium Falcon flying through the sky wow. um, at speeds that I can't even, I, I wouldn't even be able to anticipate. Just the whole valley within maybe a second and a half um, wow. that we saw it. Um, so just weird. Going from Vulture City, if you're facing, um, going like east, looking east, there is the, um, what mountain is that? Oh, White Tank Mountain. White Tank Mountains. And honestly, there is a lot of sightings. Well, that's because um, you have Luke Air Force Base on the Luke other Air side Force of that Base mountain. Is on the other side. Plus there's a Toyota Proofing Grounds. Um, which are right next to um, Wickenburg, uh, Vulture City area. So there's a lot of like, you know, suspicion of like what it is. I'm not trying to say I saw aliens. I'm just trying to say I saw something and it, it completely blew my mind. Um, this is a coming from a person. Jay's not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. It's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Jay and my son want it to be aliens. I hope so, dude. I really do. Well, and it doesn't sound crazy, especially if you take out the Hollywood version of aliens that we have all been pre-programmed to believe they look like, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean little green men with big, huge black eyes. When you say UFO, it just means it's unidentified bitch was flying. Yeah. That's it. It is really that simple. So I've seen one myself. My son was with me. He saw it as well. So, Uh I mean, I, I understand, I get it. I hope that shit happens when I'm there. Because yeah. that is, even though I know I've seen it, and even though there was a witness to it, I I almost need to see it again. Yeah, yeah. Just so I can say, we're both not crazy. We're both <laughs> not crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I mean, I got the ghost thing. I know those fuckers. <laughs> but I mean, the the UFO thing. I th- I think I need to. 
No, it's, it's true. Like Marie's very skeptical, like yeah. in, in her belief about it. We were actually traveling to uh, Virginia City for a paranormal conference probably two years ago, and we had just passed the area of uh, Area Fifty One. And Marie, the most skeptical person in the planet, she's like, "Oh my God, what the hell is that in the sky?" And I'm like, "It's like three o'clock in the morning. Don't even talk about anything. Someone's might be listening to the radio. Like we just need to just keep on going." But I swear to God, it was a triangular shape of light pattern that started to morph and change. Now, what that could have been, you know, uh, drones, it could have been anything. It could have been our military, could not have been our military, but it was something, and it was unidentified. It just stayed it was in one around spot. The so so. It, see, I'm a big Air Force person. I'm an Air Force brat. My daddy was Air Force, so I grew up around it, so I know they're always doing new stuff everywhere. And mm -hmm. Luke Air Force Base, okay, we live not even 20 minutes from it. It's loud as crap. So they're flying all the time. I mean, so, and I know over in Vulture, you're going to get that stuff. So I, and I know we do have a lot of, like the Phoenix Lights. That was a big thing, right. the Phoenix Lights. I saw the Phoenix Lights. Buddy. So, I mean, huh? so that was a huge thing. But a lot of people get a lot, and a lot of those sightings that they're getting are actually in the Buckeye where we live and into the Vulture City area. Well, because we're at the edge of the city. So, I mean, it's not, I mean, it could just be the fact that we're able to see more in the sky and more clearly than what you'd be able to see in the city. Um, whether they're actually, you know, aliens inside these things, whatever, I don't know. They're just some crazy lights, unexplained crafts in the sky out here um, that are pretty. I know cool. that a lot of people are now working with the military and they're saying that they don't have anything up in the sky. So, I mean, there is documentation on some of this stuff now where the military is saying, no, we didn't have anything up in the sky. So, I mean, I will Please say, okay, what is it? Then? Well, you have three standard things that are normally in the sky in the near vicinity of an Air Force campus. Yeah. You have AWACS, which is the big cookie plane, you know, the yep. plane with the big cookie on top. So you have mm -hmm. AWACS, you have fighter jets, you have helicopters. Yep. We all know what AWACS fighter jets and helicopters look and sound like. So mm -hmm. if you're seeing something completely different from that, I'm, I'm an ex military wife. You know, my ex-husband was on the flight lines when he was stateside. And so, I mean, I know what they got out there and I know the shit that I saw wasn't it. <laughs> okay. So it, it, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. You know, when people say that they saw something very strange and something that doesn't make any sense, because I spent a, I spent plenty of time at Tinker Air Force Base, plenty of time. I spent a couple of years at NSA. They're all hiding shit. All right. Exactly <laughs> right. <See? laughs> Talk to the man who knows right there. <laughs> So since we're on this type of topic, uh, Betty Lange asked, uh, are there any Bigfoot reported out in the desert? You know, there, there's not really any Bigfoot sightings. There was actually probably about 15 years ago in Buckeye, there was a news story that there was a uh, Sasquatch that was running through the, um, the desert. And I mean, I saw the video of it. I mean, I wasn't there, but to me, it looked like, you know, a dude in a suit. Was it but blurry? Then again, I mean, you know, like, and why would they be walking through farmland of Buckeye in, right. into the desert? I don't know, but I don't know what a Bigfoot pattern is. I hope they got a Bigfoot is real, you know, but uh, I've never seen any like smoking gun evidence for me personally to say without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but I hope to God that there is some Bigfoots or something out there, but none that I know of in the desert area, definitely in the Mogollon Rim, north of where we're at. Um, there's lots of sightings of Sasquatch and ape-like creatures and um, weird stuff like that going on with cryptids. Um, not so much here in the uh, the desert southwest. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot less to hide behind or to... Right. That, that and you need a water source, and there's not a whole lot of water yes, out in the desert. There's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why that's why I usually I mean, like the Pacific Northwest is a great location, any forested areas, you know, or um, any place that's close to water. That's um, usually where people see them. But um, I guess um, what would be one that's um, I guess Chupacabra kind of seen out in desert areas. Yeah. You know, so. th there is sightings that there's supposedly been sightings down south of, of those type of things. But then you have a lot of stories now that they're just hybrids of like coyotes and Mexican wolves right. that, mm -hmm. that have created some type of like, you know, their own species or whatever. Um, there's, there's a lot of different stories I've heard of uh, um, on the Indian reservation um, near to where we live, um, which we don't 
have the ability to go out there and do investigations like you would in normal lands. So it's, it's a little bit different in native land and the different type of respect that you have to have and people with you to do so. Um, but we've heard sightings of these uh, moth men type hmm. creatures, um, owls that are like human-like um, shapeshifters. Uh, we've, we've actually come in contact with, uh, I believe, a shapeshifter. Um, in Marie, Superior. In Superior, Arizona. Marie actually, we took a photograph. She, I call it Blair Witching. Marie kind of just like went off on her own. She Blair gets in the corner. Is. She just stares at the wall, <laughs> rocks back and forth. We're going to have fun. <laughs> We, we nice. took a picture. We took like a whole bunch of pictures of her, and there's this um, skeleton-like face, this furry creature thing wrapped around her neck um, that we captured on a photograph. Um, um, and I truly believe because we were after something, something physical that was actually in the area making noises, crashing through the the riverbed. Um, supposedly there was a goat man in the area, and I was just like, if there's a freaking goat man, dude, we're gonna find this shit, you know. So I was like running around. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Five years old well, I was shit. running around. We were running around because I seen we were like going around this. Uh, there's an old high school there in Superior, and somebody turned it into a home. And we were so we got to investigate it. They still have the gym, they have the cafeteria, they have all of it. So we got to go in there and investigate. Um, I was sort of going on the outskirts of it, and all of a sudden, I seen a naked, a naked native. It was like they had a feather sticking behind on their back i mean their head and i'm like and to be honest you dressed know, in it, only it, a feather <laughs> it was just a feather i mean it, it really was. i swear i thought she was going nuts I, I i'm like not. i was so serious about it i'm chasing this thing around and around and everybody run around so i i maybe it was well the know? interesting thing was that she saw this and this was in an area right below what they call apache leap um and when the white settlers came into superior arizona uh, they kind of persecuted the hell out of like all the natives and kind of like pushed them and, you know, segregated them off further away from the town. Well, a lot of Apaches went up to what they now call Apache Leap and jumped to their deaths. Um, to and that was right behind the high school. So, it, wow. and, you know, it would kind of be fitting that you would see something like that potentially in that area. Um, and now they have something called Apache teardrops that you find at the bottom of this. Uh, oh, yeah. You mountain. can go out to the mountain and you can find these little shiny little rocks and they yeah, yeah they're Apache tears. Apache tears. Yeah. yeah i i make necklaces out of them oh okay yeah, so you're see, familiar okay yes very much so they're, they're very similar um well obviously in color to obsidian or or, or onyx mm -hmm. but they they have more of a jet look to them and they're uh they're not smooth they're, yeah. they're not they're not like glass like obsidian right. is. but um but no that they are they're very they're a very powerful stone this brings to um, to mind a, a very important question for me, considering where you guys are at and the different areas that you've um, investigated. Have you? Is he okay? No, it's like a, there's banging going on in our bedroom above us, and our kids are in their room. So just normal okay. stuff in our house that's crazy <laughs> active. I'm like, what the hell is that? Tell him I said okay. hi. Well, okay. you know, um, and um, a little. I don't know. Maybe it was five or ten minutes ago. I heard some banging over there at the garage door. So yeah, my shit best not start in my home because I ain't having it tonight. Okay. <laughs> you can have some of it. Okay? No, I'm good. I have enough. Okay. Um, have you have you had um, negative encounters with the more Native American spirits, or have they been welcoming because you're trying to to show their you know the area in, in the most truthful way that you can you know i've had some sightings and i've had some pretty like powerful um experiences where i've seen visually some things uh um native american spirits if you will and, and things that like blow my mind today um where it's like why did i see that you know how come that happened how come i was the only one that saw it when it was right there by the road or because you were supposed to yeah, and it, 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 they've always been, to me, when I've had Native American-type um, paranormal encounters, if you will, they've always been very, um, not so much dark as they are, just very mysterious. And uh, it it's just different. It's I mean, uh, you know, you're a ghost hunter, you go out, and you're used to dealing with, you know, Joe Smo or Bob Smith or something at your local pub or something that haunted it or whatever, but like... It's different with native spirits. There's like Honestly, there's an intent, I think, behind the and there's a purpose behind it. 
Um, uh-huh. And it's, it's very spiritual to me. Um, yes. I honestly think when we're out there and investigating, there's quite a few homes where we've had to go and reach out for like different methods of like native spirits, you know, being harsh. Um, and there, we had to give them different methods to actually, you know, show them peace. But I honestly think the spirits of the native honestly just want respect. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and it's a big thing because they got so much taken from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and until in, in their lives, it's, that's all it was take. It was just take, take, take. Um, and that's what they look at a lot of things. So um, I think it's a lot to do with respect. So, I mean, if you're going in there and then you're investigating like a hardcore person and being rude and everything, you might get something negative. Jay and I honestly. But we've never, I mean. I, I, I don't think we, we don't I, do that. I have native so. blood. My grandfather, he was uh, half Cherokee. So like for me, like I've always very much so respected that. Um, and, and I don't investigate it with intent, I guess. I, don't, I wouldn't go out of my way. I kind of leave it to be where it is because that's what most of them would do. It's just, that is that, and this is us and just keep going on kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's out there. I mean, it's they just- really want you to respect I, when I'm around and I feel the spirit of natives, it's respect earth mm-hmm. is more and less what they are. Um, you could totally tell when it, a native spirit is around because that is what you're getting more and less respect you know the dirt the ground the air well let me give you an example there's a there's an area in arizona it's anthem arizona and um for years and years and years that was all native land well then the big housing booms and the houses went further and further out and they built this beautiful town over the top of you know a lot of native land and a lot of native burial um near a river where a lot of the native artifacts would run down and whatnot and they have a they have a Facebook page dedicated to hauntings and anthem, because probably about sixty percent of the homes out there have activity, and, and we get calls periodically about it. And and generally, what stops these hauntings is we always tell them give back a portion of your land to Earth or plant something like fruit bearing trees, um, you know, plant a garden, something to give back to Earth, and, and make it known that that's for them. And generally, just something that simple and showing respect to them it generally decreases. But like Marie said, it's almost like they, they, there was an intent for them showing up. I've seen photographs that people have captured of native spirits that are like so clear. I saw one of a female, like a white girl who had a coyote skin over the top of her head. And there was two fully dressed like warrior looking guard natives right next to her in a photograph outside of someone's window. And I mean, so much detail, so much clarity. It looked like someone was dressed like that outside the window. Um, and uh, they, there was actually a, a supervisor of mine that showed me this. Oh, photo. yeah. And we instructed them to do the garden thing and fruit, you know, fruit bearing plants, trees. And it completely stopped. But they were having like their pool was getting cracked down the middle. Their house was sliding, all this stuff. And everything seemed to just kind of slow down after they dedicated a portion of their land back to earth, if you will. A lot of times that's all it takes is an, is an offering. Um, right. One of, the, one of the other reasons. And we've talked about this on previous shows because I'm I'm actually I'm Cherokee and Sioux, along okay. with yeah, along with English, Irish, Scottish, and German. Um, oh, but wow. my my great grandfather was full blood Cherokee, full blood Cherokee, um, and my great grandmother on my dad's side was full blood Sioux. And with a lot of uh, of tribes, where you're buried, it, it is it's sacred for a reason, and that is so all of all of the parts of you stay together because they have to in order to go into the afterlife. You have to be fully together. And when I worked at the Indian hospital here a few years ago, even when we pulled out somebody's tooth, we had to give it back to them because mm-hmm. it has to be buried with them. If you're talking about people digging up for pools, basements, yep. everything else, who knows how many individuals' graves they disturbed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that in and of itself would increase activity in ways you can't even imagine. So the fact that it actually calmed down after offerings or after the rededications, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And it's rare. So I, I, I hope they they feel very blessed that they were actually forgiven. Well, I'm pretty sure there are some cases I've heard that wasn't and people moved out of homes. Oh, and yeah. Stuff a, like lot, that. a lot of people I mean, end up moving or they relocate or they go right down the street and have the same problem, you know, but yeah. I mean, um, 
we've had some pretty good success with that. I mean, I, and I think it's just people just like, I mean, once you really sit down and talk with someone about like, how would you feel as a native? All of a sudden now your entire land is turned into a super center. And like, you know, there's like 15 Starbucks and stuff within like a five mile radius. Like you'd be probably upset too. So yeah. we kind of try to like educate them about that and then kind of showing respect to them. Um, and I think with that, it, it helps a bit enough, I guess, to where they can live comfortably, you know, amongst them. Um, but, uh, yeah, weird cases though, weird cases with them, uh, that we've had, um, more than I guess I even thought after looking back at it now that I'm just like recalling all these, I'm like, wow, we have done a few. Um, so, are we allowed to bring offerings to Vulture City for the surrounding area? Absolutely. Okay. A couple questions here from the chat. Um, Betty Lange was wondering if there was a uh, reservation uh, close by there to uh, to the Vulture City area. Uh, either, let me see. Closest one is South Mountain. South Mountain, then up from there, Yavapai. Um, a little further north, but yeah, not like probably within 20 well, no, miles. Well, no, there's one south. The one south would be closest. So then that would be Yavapai. South Mountain. No, South Mountain. No, north from Wickenburg is you get into yeah, but, uh, the back part of. I don't know. One of those probably is closest. <laughs> right. I don't know which one is closest, but there's a couple around, but nothing like right. Nothing right on top of no. or like real close by. Gotcha. I gotcha. will honestly say the land around Vulture now is mostly campgrounds. Um, it's a lot of state trust land. Around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of camping, RVs. Free roam cattle or something. Yeah, free cattle. Oh. A lot of people take their four-wheelers and all that kind of stuff all out there. Okay. Wow. Um, Christopher Stanton was wondering, are your investigations mostly out west or all over the country? Uh, we get invited, um, you know, we just this uh, last year, we got invited out to Riverside, California to do a Live Nation event. Um, uh, looks like that's going to happen again, possibly um, this coming year. Um, of course, we do like paranormal conferences across the United States um, periodically, and they have ghost hunts. So then we kind of like help host and lead those um, ghost hunts. Anytime we go on vacation, we always surround it around some time of investigation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I don't know if that's normal. Our anniversaries, birthdays, or anything usually is some haunted location that we can go investigate. So, I mean, we've gone out to Memphis and investigated quite a bit of Memphis. Oh, yeah. Memphis um, awesome. Well, if you can drive to Memphis from Arizona, you can drive to Illinois. Oh, we flew. (laughs) You can fly to Illinois because, you know, rumor has it there was a pretty fabulous paracon in jail. I wish I could. Hey, I'm from Indiana. I would love to come back over there by Illinois. Yeah. You need to be thinking about that for next year. (laughs) I'm hoping I have a son that lives up in Michigan. Um, oh, yeah. so, and he's proposing to his girlfriend. Really I shouldn't say, well, oh, I'm pretty sure she ain't gonna watch this. She don't like this stuff. <laughs> so, we'll find out about five minutes. When <laughs> yep, I yep. find out he's gonna yell at me, but yeah, so hopefully I'll be coming up there soon. <laughs> cool. Good. Good. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. I know I had to, the bailout on the Vulture City Paracon there in October, which I apologize for. <clears throat> oh, no, don't worry. Maybe ne- the 2021. I hope so. I hope so. So um, I'll give you, well, since we're talking about, I'll give you guys first dibs. So okay. <laughs> there we go. Um, so let's see. Leslie Fear is wondering, is Vulture City like a new Area 51? No, well, that would, I mean, that would be great, but um, you know, I, I just it's I, it's it's an old ghost town, man, and it's just it's just so desolate and it's so isolated, and the skies are so clear out there. I just think that we're seeing. I will honestly place. tell you, when we go out for we have ghost tours and ghost hunts out there, and while we're taking them back to the brothel because the brothel on um, back part of it is just facing the mountain and the desert, um, and I will tell you every tour. <laughs> or hunt ends up with people seeing something in the sky. So, I mean, I I will honestly say, I mean, there's. I, some- I was talking to a UFO researcher recently that's actually going to be leading this, the UFO Skywatch on uh, the Paracon this year. And he was talking about there might be potential fault lines um, in the area. And he said, with those fault lines, it's kind of attractant to UFO activity potentially or something. I'm not really familiar with that, but I was kind of talking with him about it. 
And then I've heard other people rumor because of the, the minerals, the gold, the silver, that that might be attracting um, some of these things. If, you know, these are ETs or whatever um, to be coming uh, in and around the area. I mean, for me, um, I, I want to believe really badly, you know, but at the same time, I think it might just be a, a fact of it just being so isolated and the skies being so clear out there. But uh, who knows? Could be a combination of all those things. I mean, we've seen that in history with, you know, uh, locations being haunted. And then you're also having some type of like, uh, um, you know, some sky phenomenon and possibly some extraterrestrial. Um, that would be great if that's what we start finding. I just need to. I, the stories are great that I'm telling you. I just need to give you guys also evidence, you know, so it'd be right. great that all this I'm telling you, but I'm here at ground level filming the ghost. And then all of a sudden I'm looking up like, Oh my God, what is that? You know? So I think sometimes my focus needs to, the switch. Put a camera right here. <laughs> put a camera on your noggin. There you go. Right. Right. Just pointing north. But so is it something conducive to the energy there? I wonder. I mean, I wonder if it's not something maybe that. Honestly, I think the mountains, I mean, it's just the land here in Arizona, because like I said, it's like South Mountain. Um, it has tons of activity. I mean, South Mountain is like the biggest one. I mean, and that was. Sorry, she's eating uh, her dump. Oh, my God. Your cats look going crazy. No. Um, and we see that with a lot of mountains in like the valley, like here in like Arizona, like in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Like South Mountain has a lot of like yeah. UFO sightings. Um, and so does the superstition mountains. So does, you know, so, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like these, these, these beacons of like energy that are just kind of creating, you know, like this attraction to the areas or, or whatnot. I wish I knew with certainty, but I just, I know a lot of different out. shows and different, um, like people from the UFO research things are coming here to Arizona and they've been coming here, um, and do a lot of yeah, like I just stuff recently here. spoke to, um, some people about some of the stuff out there and they were like, what, why, why don't we know about that? And I'm like, well, no one's really talked about it. Like I didn't even want to talk about it at first. It sounded so crazy, but then it's kept happening. And I'm like, I got to say something. I mean, you know, so, but again, it's we, just, it's just stories until I have that evidence for you guys. We sound crazy anyway. True, well, true enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just add fair to enough. it. Um, I was going to say though, that guy's not wrong on the fault line. The main fault line that goes, um, it actually kind of goes underneath Vulture City, goes from the southwest to the northeast. So if if you're outside in the, in the surrounding area of Vulture City, the mm -hmm. southwest corner down by the uh, the campgrounds, and okay. you follow that, and it kind of it kind of goes like this, mm -hmm. and it goes up to the northeast towards um, that yellow mountain that we were talking about. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because then you have that. Uh, okay. Yeah. We start feeling some shaking. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Janet Simmons was wondering, is South Mountain the location of the Phoenix Lights? Um, that was one of the locations it was sighted at. I lived in North Phoenix when I saw the Phoenix Lights, and but, that's probably 45 miles north of there. Well, I think it was, they said the how they determined it was sort of like in the Goodyear almost Buckeye area. Yeah, it traveled all the way around. Well, it did travel. It did. But I guess the first part they started seeing was in the South Mountain. That's where, when you see any of the movies and documentaries of the Phoenix Lights. Oh, they, were, it, they were filming out of their backyard. Yeah, a lot of them. And a lot of more in the South Mountain area. So I, I, I know South Mountain. Because I don't know what those are. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I've never heard of the Phoenix Lights. Oh, Oh, it's big out here, man. They, they talk about it all the time. Like, I mean, for me that I was, I was very young. Like when it happened, uh, I was living at home and, uh, I heard, heard it on the news and I was super into like aliens and stuff like that at the time. And just like, you know, I always thought as a kid that aliens were demons and all these, and I was, my mind was just always, you know, going. And, uh, when I heard that there was literally like uh, a UFO sighting, I went outside with binoculars and sure enough, this thing was like hovering like over our house. Like, and uh, it was it, it, in my perception at the time and looking back at it, it was larger than a football field and it, it was not like metal, but it was almost like liquid water. Um, the well, texture. Of it. Almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Um, and it was reflective of like, you know, but it was, I, I don't know what it was, but it was nothing I've never seen before then or after. Um, wow. But it scared the crap out of me. I thought for sure I was getting abducted and everything else. I wasn't here yet. Oh my God. 
I was living in Indiana at yeah. that time. <laughs> Indiana has its own scary shit. Yeah, called the tornadoes. Well, there's that, yeah. Uh, honey, I'm in Oklahoma, please. Okay? Right. <laughs> you get it worse than Indiana. By far, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Tom McNicholas was wondering, do you think that shapeshifters taking animal form would be more obvious than taking a human form? Um, I think I've seen both, uh, in the, both in transition and form. Um, what was the question again? Is it, it was, more easier it more, to take animal, animal form or human form? For them, I don't think it, it makes a difference. I mean, some of the work that we've done out in some of these mountain ranges that are thick with like native spirits and stuff, uh, man, I, I, I just, I, I think. I that, think most of it, honestly, because to be honest with you, the shit, that stuff, I think is more native, to be honest, spirits and stuff. And I will honestly, well, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think a lot of it has to do with animals. I think it's, that's, how they sort of, I, I do believe they call each other like their own little thing. Like I'm the tiger, the bear. I don't know. I'm not native. Person, so the person in life related to those animals, so they're able to yeah transition. I don't know. I just know that I've seen it, and, it, and it's definitely um, it's it's something that you just don't speaking of animals. Know. Sorry, my cat. <laughs> down here on the floor that won't shut up. Well, you're you're not you're not wrong on that. I I, I do agree. Um, with Marie though that it, it's going to be more human going to animal and but you're right in regards to why and it's I, I still even though I'm not at the at the the Indian hospital anymore I still have a lot of Native American patients where I'm at now and to this day and it's 2020 their names many of their names still are those that represent animals yeah they're they're, they're both their given names um um, you know, or their last names, you know, are, are that. I mean, I. It could be anything from dancing bear to to uh, great elk. Oh yeah, when know? I was yeah. at Chaco Canyon, yeah. the uh, park ranger that I talked to, and he was off duty, but his name was Running Buffalo, and I just exactly. looked at him. I was like, "That's a cool name." <laughs> it really yeah. is, and it, it's it's beautiful symbolism behind it, and it's really. Um, it, it's it's weird how they can foresee into their their newborn's life and what it, what they're going to be, yeah, and they yeah. name them accordingly. And it's actually it's very it's very spiritual. So, yeah. I, like I said, I understand where you're coming from with why they do it, but I'm with Marie. It would be more human, human to animal. Yeah, I just think it's something that's always been there. It's sort of like their culture i mean to be honest with you well, if, if you look at the ancient navajo legends about the skinwalkers they're supposed to be shamans that have basically indoctrinated others into their almost like a little cult to you know become these shapeshifters into the different animals so it is more of the human going yeah. to the animal at least yeah. in those legends right. and mm-hmm. it right. works differently from you know native culture and native culture so it's interesting right, right. definitely interesting <laughs> yeah. it is very interesting Scary, so. dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's like some of the phenomenon that actually scares the crap out of me is that native stuff, man. I honestly, it's just so mystical. It's just so, it's just, it's so different than what we're used to dealing with on a regular basis. That when it does happen, it's like it happened for a reason. And I honestly, it makes me reflect for a very long time about it. Like I have no native blood. Now my children do. They have Cherokee in them, but I have no native blood. But I will honestly say when we're out. Being here in Arizona, you do get to go around a lot of spirits that are native. And I honestly like being around that rather than (laughs) non-native, to be honest with you. It just, I don't know. It's more um, calming in a way, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. Very, um, I feel more equal to earth. Um, Like he always calls me, I'm a tree hugger. So (laughs) it might be the thing for me. I mean, it's just, I'm all into the earth, mother earth, water, you know, that kind of, you know, so. You feel a lot more grounded. Yeah, I try to, (laughs) but I mean, I, but other spirits, it's harder. You're more, you're more calm and grounded when you're in areas like Vulture City, I think, because then you talk a lot about the natives surrounding the town. You don't talk about them so much being in the town, but you always talk about them being around the town. Yeah. I will honestly say that you don't, um, I have not really caught or felt native spirits really inside the town. 
Right. When I have, it's been outside the town. Well, it wouldn't make sense really for, I mean, what yeah. is it for them? I mean, because there's so much ingrained energy already from the miners. Not to know. say that they weren't there before. I'm just saying that like, it kind of like overwhelmed. The, I get really um, sad. And I say this to Jay every time I almost have tears coming out of my eyes. Almost every time when we're driving to Vulture um, and we go by this one area, I, I feel tons of deaths of natives. Wow. And I just like start bawling almost and I just feel it. Um, and it's like, I hate, I hate sometimes hate driving by it just because I feel it. So. Well, what about the, uh, the mines there in Vulture Sea? Were there a lot of accidents? Um, th there was, there was quite a few accidents. Um, not, there was seven verified deaths. Let's just put it that okay. way. Um, I'm sure yeah, that there you'll get that type of energy. Where, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it was, it was risky. I mean, uh, we were just one of the mine shafts that they brought back to Vulture City Town for people to eventually be able to kind of look down into. He said that it was, uh, what was it, 175 feet down? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to imagine, I mean, 175 feet, that's these guys walking down these rickety old ladders, you know, all the way to the bottom. 175 feet that's crazy but like in, in the miles of expansive tunnels that were going in and out in and out um like that's just it's it's insane so i imagine there's a lot more deaths than what you have to think just the equipment they used i mean if you're walking through vulture they have the equipment still there that they use yeah. i mean just seeing that equipment i mean I'm number sure one you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of diseases and a whole bunch of splinters and everything else I it's mean, just not up the guys code were tough, man i mean <laughs> it's like back in the old days i don't know that people could handle that type of yeah even women trying to get checked out by the doctor i mean geez yeah yeah that doctor's chair was yeah, completely the, wood yeah oh, the, the last doctor there? that was there was shady yeah, yeah oh he, he was, was very shady yeah he, he was very actually, shady uh, the story of the doctor there was is that uh, he was kind of like uh, into some of the young men miners, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he was kind of crazy. So like he would he would kind of like uh, wine and dine these young miner boys, if you will, and um, feed them and, and kind of like you know sway them with his money. He poisoned them, and he ended up poisoning them, and uh, he eventually ended up leaving and there was rumors of botched abortions mm -hmm. um that were hangers with like just like rusty like just items and stuff right so he ended up leaving vulture city uh, and behind him the the death of a lot of people that were poisoned and then he went to wickenburg and all of a sudden the same thing started happening and then he went up further into congress mm -hmm. it was still happening he eventually died and documented his he was buried at the napa Ho mental hospital in napa mm -hmm. california um, and that's where he's buried now. So they think he finally went mad um, from all that he had done. I believe I captured a photograph of him um, in the doctor's office with a female trying to reach out for me in the frame. Um, it was my first visit there. And uh, every time I look at it, it just blows my mind that we even captured. But I'm pretty sure, um, and I've had psychics look at it and stuff. And they were like, tell me a story about it. I didn't even know anything about it. And, and it kind of hits on it pretty significantly. So. Um, yeah, the doctor was a, it was a douchebag. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, I don't want to say he wasn't legitimately crazy. It isn't that it wasn't something that was genetic. It was something that was caused by what he was intaking. Um, he was actually using, um, different medications. Um, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Um, they yeah. were actually causing hallucinations that were, they were causing a lot of different things. And I'm not saying he's telling me this. I'm sh they're just showing me the bottles, um, yeah. different things um, that were, that were causing those hallucinations. And it's weird. It's like they were spiked with lead. Like oh, what wow. he was, yeah. Like what was in it had like a, it, I, it's, they're showing like a, like a, a lead spoon or something like that or something inside the oh, bottles wow. where that it was staying in there and that lead was poisoning what was in the bottles Oh my God. And he was wow. taking that and that's lead poisoning and that causes that type of crazy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cause it's not, it idea. wasn't genetic. Yeah. Because they, no one ever legitimately said he was crazy. We get crazy from the fact that he ended up in the Napa hospital. Mm -hmm. um, as well. But you know, back then that could right. have been for any reason, you know? So, um, but it, that's definitely makes sense. Something like that. That's, Hell, it could have been from syphilis. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know? well right? I mean, because that, that, that does the same thing, right? Yes, it could have been from syphilis. But yeah, they're just, it, show, it looks, I'm guessing it's lead because it looks like a pewter, like that color, stir. Yeah. Oh, wow. In, in one of those brown, um, that the glass, the little milky brown bottles. So it's, there's a whole bunch of bottles that are in the, the yeah. doctor's office that are supposedly original. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody dug up the area behind his office? No, but it's funny that you say that too, because they say that they buried some of the bodies from the hanging tree, which is right next to it, mm -hmm. um, also, directly uh, underneath the tree and around it. So, yeah. Also wow. fetuses. Really? Yes. Oh, Jesus. I can imagine that, that. You know, that would kind of make sense because of the, the, the feeling of disgust and nausea behind yeah. the building. Oh, it's my God. Where it, it's where the, um, and it's not like grass grows a lot in Arizona anyway, but it's where the grass won't grow. Nothing will grow in that particular area that I'm talking about. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I know what she's talking about, like though, too. Area back there yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's not good. Matter of fact, if there's any way they could just completely cover that up, if they're not going to dig them up and bury them correctly, that would be great. Um, I'll bring some stuff that maybe we can put over it that will help a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's weird because um, if you're standing right over it, like if you're not even touching it, but you're leaning over and standing over this particular area, um, if you could imagine the smell, but the smell is the color black. And it's coming up and it looks like, you know, like if you're on the highway and, and you see those little oil things, it's like that mirage yeah. thing is th that the energy is palpable right above that. And it call it can cause vertigo. It can cause nausea. It can cause uh, extreme headaches. Um, it causes ex exceptional pain from the back of the neck that comes all the way over to the forehead this way. Uh, somebody actually took a cleaver. He took a cleaver to one of them and actually put it right in there and if they actually dug that up and they pulled up one of the skulls they would see that it was actually split open there's at least six fetuses in there uh two children that were actually born living and were thrown in there and at least five people that were hung at the hanging tree there and also one woman so uh -huh. they're all in that area that's a weird area back there i have to well that is the area where um when we're doing like um that's where the that's where the actual emotion like comes on all the time well yeah just well not movie. just that it's um sounds like little children running mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. um we always think it's an animal because mm -hmm. we do live in the desert there's you know mountain lions there's bobcats there's coyotes um so we're always like trying to flash it but i mean with living wow. here you understand you see them quickly if you're going to hear them that close but it's so bad when we're out there doing like EVPs over there by the hanging tree because the hanging tree and Wickenburg is right there next to the doctor's office. What um, did they do with the right pans? Right there behind it. Yeah. What did they do with the pans that were found in his office? The ones that were underneath the table? They're Which in the um, museum now. Which is about 150 yards away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like we, we we had we had a we had a, a couple of psychics come through during the Paracon to really read it, and and they immediately when they got out of the car, there was some um, baby shoes when we went out there that they when we first started out there they were everything everywhere. Yeah, some of the baby shoes and is the scariest thing. About the, the um, but we had all of our equipment. All of a sudden, there was nothing out there. I mean, when you go up, you'll see now. I mean, there's nothing, no electricity out here, and everybody had their um, K two meters up to this baby shoes. And it was just going crazy. The shoes were on top of an old gynecology table that was period of what they would have used. So really primitive looking more so than what they are now. Um, but the shoes were admitting such high levels, uh, milligas that we couldn't measure it on our meters. Um, and then the uh, wheelchair that was in the corner behind it would be the area you were talking about mm -hmm. was actually moving forward about an inch or two and slamming against the wall um, mm -hmm. while there was people in the room. Yeah. And um, we we talked about it on live, and everyone started asking us questions about the shoes. And I didn't want some jerk off to come out there and steal these shoes. So now they're in glass inside the in the museum, and um, uh, put away. And uh, she had to, they had to put a lot of they, this they, stuff. There's a lot of mention on our devices of these damn shoes in the museum a lot, mm -hmm. almost every time we're in there. Um, so it's it's really eerie. And now they've brought in a a freaking doll the inside of the museum that like 
plays music and shit for no reason. Well, that dog talks, so. It's weird. I don't know. But there's a lot of things that are like, really supercharged uh, in there. But, uh, um, yeah, the shoes, they were moved uh, about 150 yards away um, because it was just – it was too weird. It was it, – it was, I mean, there's still stuff they throughout the They needed to be respected yeah. in some kind of way. So there's a story behind the shoes that we tell people that come through. Um, and then, you know um, – you know, it's just sad. It is sad. The doctor's office area is, is super sad. Mm-hmm. And it's even more sad that they have to kind of block it off now because people try to go in there and lay down on the gynecology table for Instagram. Why? Yeah. Oh, and, and disrespect. oh yeah, they broke a whole bunch of stuff trying so, to do Instagram pictures. Yeah, or... I guess, you know, the, the negative side of us bringing all these people out to Vulture City is that, you know, you get a lot of like... And people steal idiots, stuff. Idiots and... that come out there that like think it's, it's funny or it's cute to disrespect what really happened, you know, on this type of table. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that we deal with as paranormal investigators that are actually have some freaking common sense, you know, looking at the ones who have none, you know? Right. Um, so it's definitely the catch 22 in a lot of ways. Um, but because of the exposure, a lot of the town during the day, at least it's, it's more blocked off. When, when we first went there, like it was just free roam too much, you know, um, and people were just getting too close to all these artifacts and whatnot. So right. um, it's it's definitely one of those things where people are really sickening. Yeah. They, they think it's cool to walk away with stuff and vandalize and stuff like I that. I mean, people think it's cool to go away. Um, just recently, um, we had a message from somebody that went um, to Vulture during the day, did a little, you know, family little tour thing, took a piece of rock or some kind of, something from vulture took it home had tons of activity in their home and it scared the crap out of her and she came back the next day and brought it back and said well, okay she said it was a pile it was a pile of free rocks and we don't have there's no free rocks a lot of these are like it was probably a core sample from the mine yeah that's oh, probably okay. what it was or something that, that they took and they brought back um, and thought, oh, that's a cool looking rock, you know, when in fact it's a freaking core sample that they would use. Um, yeah, to it's look got for all that energy name. attached to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And if you want to take it, okay, let me, let me phrase this properly. If you feel tra- drawn to something at a location that you're at, there are ways to go about it because we all know I take graveyard dirt, you know, mm-hmm. I take stuff from Ireland, I've brought back moss, I have mud from Morgan's Cave, okay? Mm-hmm. But you ask. Yep. Well, yeah. Just ask. And I'm not saying ask the person at the ticket booth. Ask mm-hmm. the spirits, is it mm-hmm. okay? You know, and you don't have to make an ass out of yourself doing it out loud. At least ask it in your mind. At least show a little bit of fucking respect. Yeah. Just a smidge. Because I can guarantee you if you don't, they will let you know. And, and more, we learned, we learned more power to ourselves. We, yeah. grab, we used to grab rocks from like haunted locations and and dirt, and we didn't think anything of it. There was no like it was a sense of oh yeah, let's grab that rock real quick before we leave. And then we started having subsequent hauntings and stuff because of the shit we were doing. And then we were like whoa 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 like so then we kind of changed how we kind of yeah. deal with that too with a more respectful. And then like you said, there is a way of doing it and a way of not doing it. Exactly. And some people are just so stupid and, and just, just don't care. Me, I just go to the, you know what? You want to support, you want something from all these locations. Most of them have a gift shop. I go in there and I buy something from the gift shop now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's there what I do. If it, if it, I mean, you're 100% supporting the location because mm-hmm. it's going right back into it. And a lot so. of these ghost towns too, they offer like, you know, fragments that you find like old, yeah. like broken mm-hmm. pots and pans and they put them in little bags of like two or three bucks. I mean, yeah. come on, it's not that big. Of a yeah, and they usually offer like a little, little description, like something written on the car telling you, you know, what yeah. it's from, the story behind yep. the fragment and all that. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's, you know, a bit more valuable because you have something else along with it other than just a piece of, yeah, you know, like a pottery exactly. shirt or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. all right. Well, we are uh, we're at the end here, guys. We're actually a little bit over, oh, which is all right. Oh but, my goodness! Yeah, um, we can do this all night. We could. We <laughs> I know could. we can. But you guys have the event coming up. Okay. You have, well, you have a couple of events coming up, but I, I grabbed the banner for the one this weekend, which is yes. uh, February eighth. The ghost hunt there. So, are there still tickets available for that? Yeah, we uh, we still have some tickets available um, for this weekend's event. That's Saturday um, of this week. Uh, tickets are seventy-five dollars. 
um, that's per person. Um, and that is all available on the website, which is at uh, VultureMindTours.com. So it's their official website where you get the tickets from. Um, and then it shows all the upcoming events we have. We have a ghost tour a couple weeks from now um, at Vulture City. Um, and then next month, we're at uh, the Sunkiss Factory, the old Sunkiss Factory. On Mesa, Friday the 13th. On Friday the 13th. Nice. Um, and that one sells out always. So if you haven't got your tickets for that, get those now. Yeah. That's available on our website um, at uh, either YatesFamilyHaunting.com or our team's page, TheCopsCrew.com. And then in October 2nd through the 4th, it will be a Vulture City Paracon. Um, and Vanessa herself is one of our headliners that's yep. going to be out there. Yes. Um, we have John Saffis. We have Sarah. Uh, yeah, for Ghost of Morgantown. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, we have so many good people that are coming out to the event. Uh, so um, it's going to be an exciting one. I, um, I'm very excited. And this year is a three-day event. So it's Friday. Um, you, you can come for the, you can come early and go to a daytime ghost hunt hosted by Marie and I. Um, and the owners. And the owners. Cool. And then you can stay after for the meet and greet that's held in town. They have a huge spread of food, live music, um, drinks that are available for purchase. Yeah. Um, you get to kind of mingle amongst all the talent that's going to be there for the weekend. Last year, I was told that it was one of the best meet and greets they've ever been to. Um, so it was just really well done. Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday, it's all day lectures, workshops, vendors, um, just, you know, throughout the whole entire day. Yeah. And then Saturday night uh, will be the ghost hunt, um, the evening ghost hunt. And then it goes all the way back into Sunday, all day vending, all day workshops, all day lectures, and it ends Sunday night with a UFO Skywatch. Yep. And we have a psychic reading oh, as yeah, well we with a Patty gallery from reading. Patty um, from the Goes On Ghost Adventures all the time. She's doing a – She's pretty cool. Yeah. Radio. Cool. So we got a lot going on. And those tickets are available for purchase at VultureCityParacon.com. Cool. Well, count me in for 2021. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we'll go ahead and let you guys go. Thank you very much for for coming on again. We'll definitely ha we'll have to have you back on um, before the Paracon in, in October okay. so you guys can uh, promote that and talk about uh, more about Vulture City because, yeah, like Vanessa said, we could have gone on all night with this. Quite a bit is uh, happening out there. So. Well, right. we loved meeting with you, Mike, finally in Vegas. It was yes, awesome that was finally awesome. meeting you in person. Can't wait to see you again. And Vanessa, I can't wait to meet you in person. I love you, girl, to death. I love you. We are going to have so much fun. <laughs> Get your running shoes. Oh, I already have them. <laughs> All right. You guys Bye, have a great guys. night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.